On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we are talking about the 2020 season. Now we're done. We're done. I know we're not done officially, but we're done. Uh, no playoffs for the Patriots this year, obviously. So taking a look at the future and also a look at some of the players that are currently on the team and kind of what they've brought to the team so far this year. Uh, maybe a few little bright spots for you. You, you, you feeling good about the team uh, as we head into the holidays. It's a heck of a show. So buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands he has. Pass. Wilson, quick throw. And it's Here we are recording on uh, Christmas Eve. This show comes out on Christmas, so happy holidays and Merry Christmas to you and uh, your family over there. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you too. It's uh, it doesn't feel like Christmas for sure. I mean, like Christmas Eve is growing up is always my favorite because it's the anticipation, and you know, by the time Christmas Day comes, it's like you're kind of like Christmas is over almost. You know, yeah, you're at the you open presents and then it's like wow it, you get those post christmas blues but it does not feel like christmas at all i think it's just because of the year it's kind of like thanksgiving didn't feel like thanksgiving either 100% 100% you know and, and christmas eve is always like you know you see the family and everyone goes out and you do the whole thing and then you exchange the gifts and you get the fire going and and like that's that's what i you know i think back and remember it's funny we did uh we did that lights thing at Gillette last night which was pretty cool with the kids yeah, how was that? I tried to go with Miranda, uh, but obviously we, we had to go on like a Friday or Saturday. Yeah. I like late November, booked was every Friday, Saturday. Booked, yeah, you know? yeah we, we booked it like right at the beginning, and we wanted to go last night, so um, so we booked it for last night, for the night before Christmas Eve, and it was fun. It was really, it was, it was, um, it was interesting. It was like really for, I think really kind of for little kids, to be honest with you, it, not, not something that I think you guys, I mean, you guys might, are you might like or are you just, are you stationed? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's kind of similar to anyone that did the Jurassic thing, um, at Gillette in the, in the summer, um, or early fall, the same type of thing, same idea where you're kind of driving through and they have a bunch of lights kind of set up and everything. And it was fun. It was, there was one with a, uh, with a Santa Claus who was doing like, uh, almost like a daredevil jump over like a bunch of candy canes and he was flipping in the air and stuff. And it was obviously, it was just like one light to the next, but it was, it was cool. So that was kind of their favorite, but, but they had a, you know, it was, it was fun and the kids had a blast and, you know, we're just kind of sitting in the, sitting in the car, like eating Christmas cookies, listening to Christmas music. You know, the kids are all out of their, out of their seats and everything and sitting on laps and everything and driving, you know, two miles an hour down the thing. It was fun. We had, we had a good time. So it was really just honestly for right now, with nothing going on and everything, it's like just to be together and hanging out. That was the best part about it. And of course the lights and stuff were cool. And the kids got to see, Oh, look at that. And this, this and that. And we did the, they had the 12 days of Christmas. So like you walk as you, as you're going through, you walk, you know, you drive through the 12 days of Christmas. So we sang the whole damn thing, dude, from, from the beginning to the end. And so you get the parts in a pair of tree and then the whole thing, we're like singing the whole thing. It was fun. 
it was fun. Just everyone, everyone saying. I need some Christmas spirit too. I got to get the tunes going. I've been trying to. I can't wrap a gift to save the life of me, but I was doing that yesterday. I waited till the last possible minute, of course. But dude, uh, you, you got to get the bags, man. You got to get yeah, the no, bags, bro. No, I did, but like the tissue paper, I can't wrap anything. I, can, <laughs> I better up putting it in like a Ziploc bag, dude. Like it's, that's it's terrible. Oh yeah, Nicole is always giving me crap. She's like, you know, you you got to use the tissue paper. I'm like, but this, I mean, this tissue paper on top, like whatever, dude. How's the, how's the watch? So you get it going yet? Loves Apple it. Watch. Yeah, yeah. She's the she's so the worst. We'll have one sooner or later now. No, yeah, no, I probably yeah, yeah. She is the worst gift getter on planet Earth, like the worst gift getter ever. Because she's like, I like might have something for you. And she's like, no, all nervous and didn't know what it was. And then I like gave it to her and she's like, oh, okay. And she's like, well, all right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you know, I was looking at the, at the one online, like the $300 one online and you know, okay. But yeah, this is, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, dude, like what the hell, man? You know? And then, Speaking you know, and from then, experience, there's no difference between the three, four, five, you know, right. like it's well, I the three. Thing. Right. And that's the thing. And then she's like playing with it. And she's like, well, you know, she's like, yeah, I probably was never going to spend the money on. The-. I'm like, no, you were never going to buy the $350. One. It was, was never going to happen. You weren't going to do it. I would have never even thought of, to give you the gift if if it wasn't the cheap, you know, we didn't get a good deal on it. She's like, yeah, you're right. And then, you know, an hour later, she comes over and like gave me a kiss and is like, thank you so much. I love it. This and that. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, she just, she needs some time to process. For those <laughs> yeah. out there, my, my mom bought an Apple watch, the 38 inch screen for my, my little cousin and my aunt who's picky said, Oh, the, the screen's too small, but like, that's just the, the size for women just cause they have right. smaller wrists. And so we had one to give and got a good deal on it. I hit up Pat and I met him last week and he was going to save it, but I think the kids blew it. Um, yeah. Blew it on us. Oh, it's my fault. It was my fault for not telling them, like, don't say anything, you know? So then Nora comes up. Why was Spags here? I'm like, oh, God. All right. Well, I guess this one's coming out. And then, and then for people who didn't know, my parents had COVID. So it's probably Nicole's like, why is he here in the first yeah, place? I'm know? like, I, I got no excuse. There's nothing. I get no excuse. Yeah. Like, you know, so. But, yeah, it was uh, it was fun. She enjoyed it. And and she got some use out of it already, which is good, you know? So. But, uh Anyways, all right, let's get into some Patriots talk. Obviously, uh, we talked about it on the on the post game show. Uh, season's over, you know. As far as as far as the re- you know the regular season, the playoffs, we're done. Okay, uh, can't get in, and we've kind of known this. Look, you know, we've known this for for quite a few weeks now. Obviously, it wasn't official. We thought there was a chance, right? There was a path. Everyone talked about the path and path and path, right? But like at this point now, it's official. We're officially done. Um, but you know. We'll see. And look, I, I think that for now, the last two weeks for me needs to be about getting the young guys as much experience as possible and seeing what you have on the team. Now, it seems like they're going to stick with with Cam. We'll talk about that. But like, even if you don't, there are guys that need run. Like Nikhil Harry is a perfect example. I want Nikhil Harry getting 10 plus targets both of these games. I, I do. And I don't care how you do it. I don't care if you lose. It doesn't matter if you lose. You need to see if these guys have something, you know, and and we have to do that. So play all the young guys, get them experience, and see what, see what we can do. Yeah, and, and to the quarterback situation, I guess we'll just jump into it. Like, for me, I don't take any stock in if he starts versus the Jets because your bags are packed. These guys are going out down south, wherever, you know, taking vacations, enjoying themselves after the season. They don't invest in that game. But you start him versus a team like the Bills, who 
regardless, obviously they're competing for the two seed. Now they got a game up on Pittsburgh. That's a team that wants to come in. They've, you've, you've beat them so like easily and handily and just annihilated them for two decades. They want nothing to do than to come in and keep the two seed and, and handle their business and sweep you this year. So you put out a guy like Stidham as well as other young guys, and they really pop in a game like that. You can take some stock in that for sure. I know it doesn't necessarily mean anything for the Patriots, but Jared Stidham goes out and throws three touchdowns versus the Jets. Both those teams are, you know, emotionally out of it. They don't want to play. You know, yep. as much as you say we want to finish strong, of course, but you're not necessarily focused as you would, you know, a meaningful game. Uh, that's where it comes down to me. So uh, it's interesting. I, I think this whole quarterback situation going forward is 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 super interesting, but super scary at the same time. I, I, from that post that Cam put out and the Patriots kind of reimbursing it with, um, you know, reposting on Instagram and Twitter, it seems like they got something – you know, lined up. And I've said for months now, I would not be surprised if you have the same quarterback room next year, obviously, you know, whether Hoyer's back or not, but I'm saying your top two guys and, and Newton right. and Sidham and next fall is, or next, you know, summer, it's an actual, it's, it's more of a competition this time. Right. Yeah. Um, you're assuming they'll have the off season programs, the OTAs, the mini camp, um, you know, a training camp, hopefully with joint practices. I'm sure, you know, things will start to be pretty normal by then. Uh, then you can really open it up for a competition for for a younger kid like Stidham who will be on his third year on the team. That's kind of make or break for him. Right. No, it's a good point. I the hard thing for me, and this is what we've kind of talked about and gone around about with it, is that Cam is a leader in the clubhouse. The guys look up to him. The guys like him. And so, to me, if he's on the roster, you're gonna have a hard time having him be the backup on the roster. I just feel like you don't you know, that's not a situation you want to be in. Now, maybe you say, okay, we think Stidham could beat him out. And so if he beats him out before the end of the year, you cut him. Maybe that's the case. I don't know. Right. But like, I also think too, you know, someone said, someone said something about, you know, you done, are you thinking about, and he said something like, you know, I can't leave with this being like, look what I've put on tape this year. Like I can't, you know what I mean? And I, I feel like that, you know, he's thinking about that stuff as well. You know, he's not retiring for sure. I just wonder if, if you're the, well, I don't know. I I don't know what they're thinking, to be honest with you. I feel like if if you're out there, I don't care if you're Mike Reese, you're, uh, you work at NFL network. If you, if you think, you know what the Patriots are doing at quarterback next year, you're lying. You're, you're completely lying. No one knows. I I don't even know if they know, you know, no one knows. And you wonder too, like you look at these quarterbacks and you look at Wilson and the guys that are playing really well in the in the college, and you just wonder, like, if you finish somewhere in the top fifteen, which they're probably going to get close to fifteen. If they're not, if they're not there, they're going to get close to it. You know, somewhere between twelve and fifteen, depending on what happens these two games. I expect them to lose on Sunday on Monday night. I'm sorry, um, the Jets. They should win because they're the Jets, but like, who the heck knows? You know what I mean? So depending on how those two games finish out, you're going to probably finish somewhere between the 12 to the 15 spot. And if that's the case, is that good enough to get one of those guys? You know, and you think maybe not, but Deshaun right. Watson went 12. Yeah, right now I think Wilson's making a case to jump Fields. Um, I think yeah. Fields is more of a more of a, a realistic option for the Patriots than, than Wilson. I don't think either Which, of the three, it, certainly not Lawrence, obviously. We knew that from right. day one. They weren't going to be that bad. Uh, I don't think Wilson, I don't think Fields, can you get in the area? 
of a of a Trey Lance, who I'm not very high on, one year starter. Uh, yeah. Obviously, was 16 and 0, 28 touchdowns, no picks. Obviously, we'll get into the draft stuff as the season kind of wraps up. But just to kind of sum it all up, uh, can they get in that area? Uh, maybe that that might be a guy that could be able to fall in their lap if they lose these next two games, or, or you know, things right. happen around the board and you find yourself in the 12 to 14 range. Maybe you have enough ammo to get up. I'm not a big Mac Jones guy. I'm not a big Kyle Trask guy. I think those guys lack mobility. Nope. I think you know they're, they're a one two. Their reads are one to two, and they they're throwing a four first round picks, right? I mean, Devontae Smith, they had Jalen Waddle, uh, John Mechie, who's a uh, sophomore, will be a first round pick next year. Uh, they, they scheme things up very easily. They don't spend a lot of time under center. Um, those are guys that are projects, which makes you think, okay, maybe that's a guy that they will bring in, take a risk on now, but I want them to be patient with that process going forward. You don't have to jump in at a guy that, oh shit, you know, our quarterback position, we don't know what we have in Stidham. We don't think he's the guy. Newton's old. He definitely isn't the guy. We got to right. do something. Be patient with the process. Uh, like I said, I think whoever is your quarterback next year, if they're on the roster or not, it'll be a lot easier for them. I think they'll get the pieces in there, tight end and wide receiver, um, to make their job a lot easier, whoever plays quarterback, but be patient with the process. Um, you, you, this isn't going to be fixed overnight. I think right. the Patriots are two to three years away, at least from being a contender again. It, really? They are. I, that, well, that's my opinion. And, and you might be right. I, I do think. He, and I I mentioned Nikhil Harry, and, and I have an article coming out on Pat's Pulpit. Now, whether it's out when this episode's out or not, I'm not sure with the holiday and everything like that. But, um, you know, just about Nikhil, and, and we got to cut him some slack, okay? Just cut him a little bit of slack. I, I get it. And here's the problem with Nikhil Harry, right? He's never going to be good enough. He, never. He's never going to be good enough because he was taken before A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf, who are already top 20 receivers in the NFL, and guys are going to point to Debo Samuel and, and Darius Slayton. All these guys were taken after him. Terry right? McLaurin. Terry McLaurin. All of them, right? So you look at all these guys. You're like, these are all studs, and this guy stinks, right? But here's the thing with the Keel. He's got 51 targets this year. 51 total targets this year. 12 of them. 12 of them came in the Seattle game. He hasn't. He's had one game with more than five targets since week four. He just, he's not getting the ball. And and Matt Chatham will tell you, he does a good job of breaking it down. He's open. He's open. He's 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 open. He's not getting the ball. And so you got to at least give him a chance. And this is one of the things that, you know, and I, I kind of harken back to, to Hightower. And we you've talked about this before. But like Hightower's been out before, right? Obviously. Not this year, clearly. He opted out. But like, you know, Hightower gets injured. Van Noy slides in a high tower spot. Van Noy looks terrible. And you're like, well, Van Noy sucks. He's he's awful. He stinks. He can't play. He's he's a terrible player. Well, then High Tower comes back. Van Noy goes to his spot, and you're like, oh, Van Noy is a pretty good player. Now all of a sudden, so he's not in the right spot. And and you've talked about this before where these guys are playing a spot or two above where they should be. Now, is Nikhil Harry ever going to be a number one receiver? It looks like probably not. Okay. I think it's pretty definitive evidence that we can look at it and say, yeah, he's not going to be a number one receiver ever, but could he be a two or a three? It's possible. Now, do you want that from your first round pick? Absolutely not. You don't. However, that pick's already been made, right? We can't go back in time and make a different pick. And it's not Nikhil Harry's fault that he got picked 32nd overall before all those other guys. And so if he can develop into a two or a three and be a big bodied you know, red zone guy, which he has shown a few times this year when he's gotten the opportunities to, I think that that can be a valuable piece for you, assuming that you get a guy that can play above him. 
you bring in an Allen Robinson or or somebody like that where you're looking at it saying, that's our number one guy. We have this guy number one. Then everyone kind of slots back. Nikhil goes to a three, maybe. Jacoby's in the two spot. Demir Bird is a, is a slot guy if they bring him back. So And now all of a sudden, it's like, oh, we have a little bit of a passing attack, right? Maybe Asi Asi can make it. it t- tight end is notorious for having a really difficult time to make a transition in the NFL. So those guys that they drafted last year, or this year, I should say, next year, hopefully they'll be able to make some contributions, right? And so that's some of the hard thing where you look at it and say, okay, they're not that far away. I think they have some pieces. The problem is they don't have a number one, right? They don't have a number one receiver. Even with Edelman on the field, they still don't have a number one receiver. And I think that, you know, the biggest issue was they didn't do anything this, this offseason. If they had done more this offseason, and I do think, too, like if Edelman had been playing better this year, um, that maybe they'd have a little bit more of a passing attack. But They've had, they have nothing over the middle of the field. That's the biggest issue, right? The right. tight ends bring nothing uh, to yeah. the table in terms of the passing game. And Edelman was that guy over the middle of the field, the, the, your security blanket that they could right. really – you know, help stretch the field a little bit. And they lost that early on. And uh, he's basically playing on one leg the entire year, even from week right. one, I think. This has been bothering him for a while. We've seen he's yeah. been out the whole year. Uh, but on Nikhil, I mean, listen, I'm not a Nikhil Harry stan. I'm not somebody that's pumping his tires and be patient, be patient. But you do bring up a good point. He just turned 23 last week. So I think myself included kind of have to uh, remember that at times, right? And I think he hasn't been given the best situation. We talked about it with Tommy Curran last week. He comes in at a position that they had needed a savior for. This has been an issue right. more so last year, I think, the wide receiver position than this year. Right? right. I mean, they went out and got Sanu, and obviously he didn't pan out. Um, he comes in, misses the first 10 games, and he's the first-round pick, first-ever wide receiver taken by Belichick in the first round. This is this guy's going to save our offense. It, with Tom Brady, no, that, that, that was never going to happen. Obviously, he popped a little bit. They, you know, he flashed. He saw some some some, you know, what he could possibly be yeah. at times last year. And then this year, obviously, was in and out of camp and the injuries. And that's that was kind of his biggest thing since he's came out. And then this year, you have a Cam Newton who came in late, no offseason. I think the second-year guy, Stidham, Nikhil. I mean, Jacoby's an outlier. He's had a monster year. I mean, the, the list goes on. Those second-year guys, that's just such an important offseason for you. Right. Um, you know, you have your first pro season and then – you know, you come back into camp, you know how things are. You go to OTAs, you're kind of that leader there. You know, you know how to be a pro. You're learning. You, you have that rookie year is such a blur from the draft to the, the combine to the draft to training camp, and your blink gets over. Like guys talk about it all the time. Uh, right. And for him to miss all that time and then come in with a quarterback who came in late and clearly can't move the ball through, through the air. I mean, they, they have so many limitations. Uh, it hasn't been kind to him, that, that transition. I think, you know, getting guys in there that can kind of help him you know, scheme things up to to the best of his ability and use him better is certainly a way to, to get him going. But like you said, I think the, the biggest thing with Nikhil is obviously you don't want to draft a receiver at 32 and second one off the board and have him turn out to be a stretch two, you know, right. probably a wide receiver three. But if you get guys in there that can, can handle those one and two roles, He's fine. I always compare him to Brandon LaFell. He can come in and be a, not that type of player, but that type right. of production. Right? 40, yep. 40 to 50 catches, seven, 800 yards, six to nine touchdowns. As you're three, you're okay. I mean, they right. won the Super Bowl. They, they had a good offense with LaFell. 
Well, and that's and that's really the thing. I mean, I, I think that that's the biggest point, you know, is that you look at it and say, just temper your expectations. He's not going to be a number one. Everyone's going to hate him because he's not A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. Like, that's not his fault. You, you, you can't blame him for other guys in his class being better than him. You can't do that. And so if you look at it and say, okay, he's not a number one receiver, but he could be a good piece on a good passing offense. He could be because he brings that physicality. And listen, I understand, right? And this is one of the things I wrote in my article is like, I get it. He's had some bad plays. He's had some bad misses. DK Metcalf has dropped two touchdown passes this year. Listen, he's been on my fantasy team. He dropped two touchdown passes this year that were in his hands. One of them hit him in the face. The other one hit him in the numbers. They were in his hands. But he's DK Metcalf. He's really good. He gets a billion targets. So, like, you forget about those plays because he makes other plays. Nikhil Harry gets two targets in a game, and one of them, he doesn't play exactly right. And you say, he sucks because he doesn't. And it's like, well, he got two targets. So you don't see any of the other stuff that he does. Where in the Rams game, he gets a few targets. He makes a few nice catches. The Chargers game, the Chiefs game, he catches a nice touchdown pass in both of those games. So it's like, if you give him the opportunity, maybe he can make something happen. He's not going to be a number one receiver, but like he can at least provide you something if you just throw him the ball. And that's why, to me, it's like, just give him the ball. Just 10 targets a game. Just freaking throw it to him every goddamn play if you want because we need to see if he's actually capable of doing anything. And if he is, you look at it and say, okay, not a number one, fine, but we can move forward knowing that him and Jacoby can provide something to the offense given the fact that we go out and get someone else. We go out and get a legit number one receiver. Maybe Edelman comes back. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe Demir Bird comes back. Maybe he doesn't. But if you, let's just say Edelman and Bird both come back and you get a legit number one guy, now all of a sudden, if you if you know you see what you have in Myers, and if you find out what you have in Nikhil, now all of a sudden you got a pretty good passing offense without even taking into account the other tight ends. And so that's the other part of it for me. It's like just figure out what you have, understand what it is that you have back there, and then at least you can go, you can understand what you have moving forward. And that's why I think playing Stidham is the right move because if you play him, you at least know. Yeah, you see it in practice, fine, whatever. Maybe he's good, maybe he isn't, whatever. It doesn't matter. The last two games of the season are irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Whether you win or lose, it doesn't matter, right? And so it's just like win or lose, fine, whatever. Figure out what you have moving forward so you can have like a trajectory as to what you're going to know what, you, what you're doing. This is, this is what you need to be doing the last two games of the season. Yeah, and, and speaking on the, you know, guys that, you know, got to get some more time, I think it's, for me, the biggest surprise going to that this year, um, the biggest surprise for me and and somebody who really popped for me, we talk about him all the time, but Kyle Duggar, I mean, not to change the subject, change positions, um, nope. considering the circumstances that I just talked about with Nikhil and all these second year guys, think about the rookies, right? I mean, right. virtual draft, uh, obviously they did have the combine. That was kind of before everything kind of shut down, no OTAs. Um, you know, a, a fast track training camp, you know, they were in shells and testing and in, in separate groups for two weeks or whatever the case may be. That's guy who came in and he can show, he can play. He's a star. Right. I mean, and, and coming from D2 ball, um, really didn't kind of grow into his frame till I think his junior college, he went into college like 5'10", 185. Yeah. And now he, he looks like Dante Hightower. Sometimes I mix him up. I'm like, holy shit, this guy's huge. You know, yeah. and that's a guy that, um, Switching it over really popped. Well, and that's it. I mean, listen, and the biggest thing, he's gotten a chance. He's gotten an opportunity. What what would have happened if if Pat Chung hadn't opted out? 
You know what I mean? Like, does he get a chance? Does, is he on the field as much as he is? Probably not because Pat Jung is in that role. But now you get a chance to see what Duggar has, and you're like, oh, he's pretty good, right? Jawan Williams plays week one, shuts down Mike Gusecki. And we're like, okay, Jawan Williams looks pretty good. And then they're like, you know what? Let's give Duggar a look too because we didn't really see anything. And then you're like, whoa, this kid's good. Like, he could play, you know? And that's – you have to give these guys an opportunity. And on Wayne, was the same thing, right? Cannon opts out. Right. A few guys go down here and there. He's able to jump in. All of a sudden, you're like, this kid is a stud. He needs to be playing. Right. And so he he now all of a sudden is starting, has turned into one of the most reliable offensive linemen. And so that's some of the stuff where it's like you look at it and say it's because they got an opportunity in a normal year. Those guys don't get the opportunities that they've been given this year, but they have because of what happened. And I think that that, you know, in some positions has really hurt them, like the linebacker position. It's killed them because Hightower being out has murdered them. And of course, Brandon Copeland goes down early. He had looked pretty good. He goes down and now you get no one and you're screwed. Right. And Adrian Phillips is trying to play, you know, friggin' linebacker as a safety, right. It's just not, he's doing his best job and he's, he's actually played pretty well, but he just like, he can't take on tackles and guards like coming out to hit him. He just can't. And so that's not his fault. It's just, they just don't have the guys for it. Right. And so as much as the opt-outs have hurt them, it's also helped them for the future because you've seen guys like Duggar and you're like, okay. And I think that's the thing with Bill the last few years. Yes, of course, you want him to hit on more picks. But, you know, Winovich looks pretty good. Uche looks good. Duggar looks good. Onwenu looks dominant. Heron looks like he could probably be some sort of swing tackle. But he's played well enough that you can look at it and say, okay, maybe he can develop into something. He's not there yet, obviously, as we saw last week. But, like, he might be able to develop into something. And so, you know, now you start looking at it and saying, okay, did we, like, maybe we're on the right track with some of these guys. And Asiasi, by the way, hasn't caught the ball, hasn't caught a pass yet, but has looked pretty darn good in the running game. And I think that that's something that you needed help with. Uh, and at least, at the very least, blocking has been a, has been a bright spot for him. Dalton Keene hasn't done anything well. Um, but but Asiasi at least has has done the blocking well, which is good. And so, you know, you need an influx of youth, and it looks like the last two drafts have been pretty good for them. Yeah, the last two drafts were super, super important. We knew that, right? Um, and I think last year is kind of a wait and see. Uh, I right. think it's uh, with certain guys. But Asi Asi, that one scares me yeah. just because of his lack of you know production. It's tough. I mean, you, you got to, I mean, the hard thing is you look at, look at the production that tight ends have at, you know, at the position as a rookie, right? And I go back to like Gronk had, you know, maybe the best, maybe the best rookie year ever. Um, and he, and he ended up with 10 touchdowns, but he didn't have, you know, a crazy year, right? Uh, by the way, TJ Hawkinson, who like people are like, oh my God, TJ Hawkinson's like unbelievable, absolutely dominant Pro tight end. This year. Yep. Now he only played, he only played 12 games last year. Okay. He had 32 catches for 360 yards and two touchdowns. It's hard to make that transition in the first year. And he had a full off season with a full preseason and everything else. So like, so that's some of that stuff where you look at it and say, okay, like, you know, these guys that, you know, that look like they're going to be dominant players coming in and then they struggle, you know what I mean? And so, you know, uh, what's his name? Noah fan had 40 catches last year. And so, you know, it's like, obviously it's way more than Asiasi, but they're in offenses that throw the ball a hell of a lot more than the Patriots do, right? So 
that's that's the other thing you got to think about as well when you're looking at it. Yasiasi drops a pass, right? And you're like, oh my god, he dropped the pass. And it's like, well, that's he's gotten one target. Like, <laughs> I know he dropped his little bit behind him. It was a fastball. Should have caught it probably, but like he's got one target. Like you can't blame him for like his one, you know, and yes, he got the one from Stidham that got knocked away on good coverage, but like, you know, realistically he's had to shot to catch one pass and he dropped it, but it's one pass. So you can't, you know what I mean? Like it's just hard to judge him because he hasn't hit, he hasn't been given any of it, any opportunity at all catching the ball. Yeah. And then obviously we see the, the, the tight end from Florida kind of mock to the Patriots, Kyle Pitts. Um, and, and you see things like, Oh, they took th- two guys in the third round. They can't, they can't take him. Like that, that's just so far. That's a guy who can stretch the field, good in right. the middle field, team runner, lines up in the slot. It, his biggest thing is blocking. So that that's like a fifth receiver you have to that option. That's a guy who's going to come and, and catch, you know, 60, 70 balls as a tight end. He's, he's a glorified receiver. Uh, so that could be a guy that they're interested in. And then you have I'm gonna tell you right Oscar. now, I'm going to go on record right now. I'm going to tell you right now, even if he's there, there is a zero, zero point zero percent chance. That they and why is that? Because they have a million holes all over the field, right? And I, you, mean, I, I think they go linebacker, you know, edge. Because yep. I, right. I truly think you find true edge talent through the draft, first round of the draft. It's hard right. that those guys hit free agency. When they do, it's typically towards the end of their career, late 20s, early 30s. They've probably had some injury uh, hiccups. I mean, look at the, the edge guys this year that are free agents. Jadavian Clowney, Melvin Ingram. Uh, right. Bud Dupree was a guy who could pop, but I can't see him leaving uh, Pittsburgh. You get edge talent in the first round of the draft. Obviously, you can find guys like Max Crosby. Winovich is kind of one of those guys in the middle yeah. there of the the, the seventy two hundred. Well, right, yeah, right. But you get true edge talent, um, and, and even linebacker, really anybody in your front seven uh, through the draft. And I can't see him. I mean, certainly you could draft a defensive tackle in the first round, but. That's something Bill typically goes to free agency to find those big guys that he can beef up that front seven with, right? Like Danny Shelton. He obviously brought Bo Allen, and I think that would have really helped him uh, this year. Couldn't get on the field, banged up with that quad injury. Um, so right. I would love to see Pitts here. I think he fits. That's a guy who can come in and help change your offense just because he gets his chest piece line up in the slot, go out wide, uh, can't be right. an inline guy through the seam. Um, but you're right. I, I think if I were to bet money right now, where their first pick would be, it'd be edge or linebacker. Right. No, I agree. And even listen, even wide receiver, like they could theoretically go wide receiver in round one. There's going to be some good ones there, right? Like right. Devonte Smith, who he scares me a little bit because he deals with they're they're not. We see it all the time. Corners in in college aren't as physical at the line. You know, they play a lot of soft coverage. You can get away with you know, quick release off the line and getting natural separation. I mean, look at Marquise Brown. There's Devontae Smith's a little bit bigger. I think he's a, just under six feet, probably a little bit heavier than him. That's a guy who ran wild in college, the Big 12. I mean, they don't play defense anyways, but he was right. running everything, yards after the catch, just this speed demon guy, kind of like a mini Tyree Kill. Then he gets to the, the league and he faces physical corners, can't beat press coverage. I would like a guy like a Jamar Chase, who I don't think will be there. Jalen Waddle, who's obviously coming off that ankle injury, similar to Dak Prescott. Um, and then there's a there's a number of different guys that the wide receivers are just only going to get better. That's just a position that consistently right. is going to be really good. Yeah. No. And so it's. I just think. Look. Yeah. The the Pitts thing is interesting, and it's it's a good talking talking point, and I'm sure he's going to be mocked there a thousand times in the off season. And it's just, it's never good. It's just never going to happen. It's never going to happen. And 
By the way, we got to get an intern to clip shit like this because I, I can know, see right? it happen. It's true. By the way, if he was good enough, if he's good enough, TJ Hawkinson went nine to Detroit. So if he's good enough, he ain't lasting at 12 anyways. You know, so we'll see. But but if he really, if if they really think that he's that good, he's not lasting there anyways. You know what I mean? And so so we'll see, of course. But, you know, um, but I just, I don't see it happening again. Bill, you, 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 you trade, you draft, hope, trade up. Yeah. And trade I up to get I, two tight ends. I don't know. Man. I hope, I hope they pick there. Um, and I think they will just because they're not typically picking that high, right? They'll right. probably pick anywhere between what? 13 to 17, something like that. Usually right. They, usually they pick there. Um, yeah. If they finish eight and eight, they'll probably be towards the end, just outside the playoff teams. The first round exits, Seven and nine would be beautiful. I think you're probably in the top twelve, top thirteen. Yep. Uh, I hope they pick there, just because that's that you can get front end talent that can contribute right away right. at spots that you need it. Uh, whereas opposed to where they're used to picking, where we're used to seeing them picking, you know, even last year twenty three was really low considering what we had been used to for the last twenty years. Right, uh, that's a spot where you can trade out and get right like an early second, maybe a mid third for it. But they did lose the third for for Cincinnati, but they got some comp picks coming in for. For Brady, Collins, and Benoit. So. And Benoit. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see them get at least two third-round picks, if not three. But they'll definitely have two. They didn't sign anyone either. So, you know, they're not – it's not like they're going to be losing anything uh, from, from that. So, but listen, I think here, – here's one thing, and I, I want to – we're going to end on this, okay? It's been a hell of a run, right? And we've talked about this before. It's been a hell of a run, okay? Um, you know – 20 years right and this is the first time since the year 2000 that the patriots don't that someone in the afc finishes with a better record than the patriots it's never happened before so you know i think we have to just have some appreciation for it um you know understand that it's rare that we see this this is this was the greatest dynasty in the history of sports it's not close. I mean, they were so dominant for so long. They won six championships. They played in nine. They were just, they were so unbelievably good. I mean, they played in 20 years. They played in 12 AFC championship games, 12. I mean, it's unmatched. It will never be matched ever again. It's amazing. And, and I think that there are some pieces here. You say two or three years. I really think, I really think if you get a quarterback, now, there's a lot, right? There's a lot of pieces there. But if you get a quarterback and a number one receiver, your offense will look a hell of a lot better next year. So I think, too, the ball. I don't know. That, not to cut you off. I don't know what their cap okay. space is off the top of my head. It's, what, probably yeah, 60 to 70 million, right? Yeah. Like, they're, like, fourth most in the league or whatever, and obviously they can maneuver it, and some guys will leave to open up more space. But I think truly, and I've said it before, I think a lot of that space should be to keep core guys here. Right. Like I want Andrews Adam Butler. Back. I want Jason Jackson, Adam Butler, uh, you know, David Andrews, guys like that that are Patriots. You're gonna right. lose a lot of veteran leadership. You already did from last year. You don't know the future right. of Dante, you don't know the future of Pat Chung, the McCordys. I know Devin was on EI this morning and said he still wants to play, but those guys are on their way out. Slater. Um, you don't want to have all these guys go and you don't really have that veteran leadership. Keeping right. those guys here should be majority of where your cap space goes. I I know the wide receivers on the market this year, Will Fuller. Alan Robinson, uh, you know, Juju, who I think is really, overrated. They will I'm not, really they will not pay $9 million, $10 million a year for a receiver. I, I can't see it happening. They'll go get someone through the draft, and they're going to try to homegrown these guys. 
I'm really pissed at the goddamn Titans. Those freaking Titans didn't Corey use Davis. Corey Davis for three goddamn years. He sat there doing nothing, and I'm like, this He'll guy be is legit. He hit the market. No, and that's the thing. And now he has a ridiculous – and I'm like, what the hell, guys? You, for three years, you didn't use him. Then the Patriots were going to scoop him up, and he was going to play great here in New England, and they freaking use him this year. And so I now – Same with Curtis Samuel, too. That's a guy who probably right? earned himself a little payday in Carolina. Yep. Yeah, and so that's – you know, so we'll see. We'll see what happens, but you're right. I think you're right. The The priority for me is Adam Butler, Lawrence Guy, the McCordys. You know, for me, too. I can't, I can't stomach him. And you but, don't tag him last year. We said it. You don't tag him last year 100%. with the cap space that you had. And knowing going into the year, basically your entire cap space you had all off season, the what was it like 12, 13 million or whatever, somewhere right. around there. All, going all of it went to two. You don't right. do that in a year like this where you kind of knew you weren't going to be competing for anything serious, not to keep him here next year when you knew you had a lot of cap space. Joe Tooney will be back. Yep. Yeah, I'd be I'd be beyond shocked if they didn't get a deal done with him. So, but we'll see. But anyways, that's going to do it for us, guys. Listen, enjoy your holidays. Be safe. Um, have fun. Enjoy the time off. Spend some time with your families. I know it's not the same, obviously. Um, but, you know, we'll get through this. And 2021 is going to be a better year for everyone, including the Patriots. We'll see. Uh, you'll see that. So, Merry anyways, Christmas, guys. everyone. And uh, we will talk to you next week. And then we'll probably take a little break. We usually do after the season. Yeah, um, yeah, two, three weeks, and then you can kind of get going on our draft stuff. I actually got some cool stuff to share. Uh, what I was working on with Keegan, um, little spreadsheet for you guys uh, on, on some projects. So we'll be, uh, we always do our draft stuff here. So, um, two more weeks. Hopefully, we see our guys steady and uh, they have their quarterback for the future, and we can rub it in their face. But I don't think it's gonna happen. We 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 yeah. we, we missed on that one, Pat. We I, I think so. I think you're probably right, but you never yeah, know. We missed. One thing, one thing before I let you go, if you're still somehow listening, uh, Monday night on Monday night football game, I'm going to tweet this out today, but on the Monday night football game, I am going to be part of the fan mosaic when they show the Patriots fans. Um, and so if you're watching Monday night, uh, make sure you're paying attention before they go to commercial as they're going to commercial. Uh, I will be there uh, on the fan mosaic. Uh, you know, I wish we had some, I wish I had some Pat's pulpit stuff, but they don't even have anything. So, um, but uh, but I'll be there on the, uh, with the fan mosaic, uh, you know, cheering for the Pats. Uh, hopefully, maybe they don't lose too bad, but we'll see. But it, anyways, it'll be fun. Uh, my uh, it'll be my 15 seconds of fame on the uh, on the let me know. I've got a nice picture. I mean, I'm sure you'll be able to get one yeah. too. But um, you got to let me know. I'll, I'll have to send it. I'll send it to Cam and, and everybody else too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tweet it out before. Uh, hopefully, they'll hopefully they'll let us know right before, and then I'll, I can tweet out. Hey, make sure you pay attention or whatever. So it'll be fun. But anyways, all right, guys. Thank you. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, and we'll talk to you next week.